He was set to leave at the end of the season. Sadly, though, Roger Tuovasashek's NRL career has been cut short. Australia's worsening COVID-19 situation and the impending border ban with New Zealand means the Warriors captain is heading home sooner than we all would have hoped. Stick with us on Inside the NRL as we celebrate Roger's incredible rugby league career. The Sharks make a statement signing Dale Finucan, but will there be more player movement before the August 1 deadline? We delve into the NRL signing circus. He was the hero in the grand final rematch in round three. Viliami Kikau joins us as the Panthers prepare to stop the storm surge. And Ricky's Raiders continue their resurgence. So is it time for Sowie to put down his red pen? Yeah, we'll find that out shortly. Hello and welcome to Inside the NRL. I'm Zach Bailey, joined by 215 gamer Jamie Soward and Sydney Morning Herald's lead, or one of their lead rugby league and Olympic riders, Michael Chamis. Zachary, thanks for having me. It's been a busy, busy day on the Olympic front, but we're here to talk all things rugby league. Sadly, Roger Tuovasashek's time in the game is over. In February, we found out that he was heading to Rugby Union at the end of this year, but due to the COVID-19 situation in Sydney and Australia at the moment, he's heading home on Thursday to make sure he beats the block of the ban with New Zealand. Let's hear from the man himself, Roger Tuovasashek. Yeah, for sure. Definitely uh, sad way to end the in my time at the club, uh, especially my last game was my concussion and, and not being able to, to play in front of the uh, friends and family back in Mount Smart and all our members um, and fans. Um, it is a sad way, but, um, you know, COVID has, has, has played a lot of that and we just got to find a way to keep going on. And um, again, I'm just grateful for the club to, to have my support and to keep to keep supporting me along the way. Yeah, it was tough. It was um, tough holding it all back, um, having the boys... Um, you know, um, seeing me and I'm pretty sure they're um, quite disappointed and although they're real supportive that, you know, I get to chase on a, a, a new new challenge and dream of mine. But, yeah, it was tough to hold back tears, that's for sure. It's definitely, for me, uh, an emotional one. Um, one that, uh, you know, was easy to make it because it was about Roger and his family and, and it was for the right reasons. And uh, I'm just more sad that, we don't get to spend much more time together because he leaves on Thursday. He's going to venture off and be a superstar in that other sport. But um, it's without doubt one of the toughest calls and conversations I've ever had to have. All right, let's take a look at what Roger achieved in his 10-year career in the NRL. He won a premiership with the Roosters in 2013 before he became the first warrior to be deemed the game's best player Taking out the 2018 Dalian medal, uh, then a year later, he took out the golden boot as the best player in the world. Roger was twice the fullback Dalian fullback of the year, once the Dalian winger of the year, and in 2015 was deemed the Rugby League Week's player of the year. He scored 58 NRL tries in his career and made 20 appearances for New Zealand. Sowie, where does Roger rank when it comes to the conversation of the greatest ever Kiwis to play the game? He's in the conversation. I've probably got, uh, you know, Stacey Jones, Benji Marshall, sort of 1A, 1B above them, but Roger's been up there. I think that when he went to the New Zealand Warriors, we saw the class that he had moving from wing to fullback at the Roosters and then how good he's been able to play over the last couple of years. But, yeah, Probably hard to go past Stacey Jones and, and Benji Marshall, I think. Michael, do you agree? Probably alluded to him having a dominant impact on a, on a good football team. Like he, 
with all due respect to the Warriors, they haven't had the success that you'd, you'd want. And obviously, his performance has been a standout, but I think that probably separates him from the Benji Marshalls. They, and they've almost wasted Roger Tuivasa-Sheck's move to New Zealand. Like, he was that good yeah. that they didn't put a team around him to be able to succeed. I think they only had one finals appearance that whole time that he was at New Zealand. So, you, you, I mean, no one steps like him and the way that he's transformed the game for fullbacks and meter eaters and all that kind of stuff. But, yeah, I, don't, I think New Zealand will look back and, and realise that they've wasted Roger Tuivasa-Sheck's you know, time there by not putting a quality team around him. A missed opportunity. Uh, well, one finals game. You had the best player, best fullback in the game before James Tedesco moved to the Roosters. You had him there for a couple of years and they had the best back three with Mamalo, Fusatua and Roger Tuivasa-Sheck in terms of getting you up the field and you only play one finals game. That's underachieved. I remember, I know it doesn't matter now because the Roosters signed Tedesco and, and they've went on to win multiple premierships but I remember speaking to people at the Roosters when he left the club and that was the regret, letting him go and obviously he went over to the Warriors and won a comp on the wing here with the Roosters but it was uh, yeah, his signature for the Roosters. He would have been a phenomenal player if he stayed there and played one of the Roosters, he would have. I think he would emulate. Would the they have won? Would they have won back to back? Yeah, I think they would have. With a, would have. With, with Roger instead of Teddy. Yeah, I think they would have. Yeah, I, I think that. I think the, thing, the things that separate Roger and Teddy, and the fact they're playing and winning and losing teams. That, that's. Yeah. I think they're probably individual talent. Would you say they're, they're on par? Very yeah, close. I think to. Teddy's ball playing's probably gone past Roger yeah. the last couple of years. But yeah, I mean, talent-wise, definitely. Yeah. Hmm. I think, though, his impact on New Zealand Rugby League, having headed home to be the Warriors... Well, they captain, needed that. ...will have more yeah. impact than what he would have done here in Australia. It's a real shame, though, Sowie. He was said to go back in a couple of weeks and face the Bulldogs there and a bit of a homecoming. He's farewell there to his Kiwi fans. Now he won't even see him play again in the game. Uh, yes, he will. He'll be back. They always come back, mate. <laughs> They right. always come back. They miss the, they miss the rugby league. They miss the they get over there. They play rugby union. I spoke to Gaz about it, and yep, it's going to be a good career move, and he'll dominate the, the rugby union scene. But I think when his contract finishes, he's only about thirty odd, so he'll be back. He'll be back in a Warriors. You think if he does though, if he goes over there and actually makes the All Blacks twenty three and goes to the Olympics, oh, sorry, goes to the World Cup and has success there, do you think he'd want to come back? Did or is he'll come back? Yeah, but he's been a long time away. He's been a long time away. And he still came back. He still came back. I, I don't, come so, back. Michael, you don't think we'll ever see Roger in the well, right? It, it all depends on how successful he is. If he goes over there and what position he's very is he going to play? <coughs> very successful. Well, that's the other thing. Where's he going to play? Because there's a lot of good fullbacks in that All Blacks side. And tens. On the wing? And tens. Yeah. They've got pretty fair wingers themselves. So it'll be interesting to see where he plays. I think he'll be back. Okay, just on the remaining Warriors, Sowie, given the worsening COVID situation here in Australia, they could be stranded in the country a couple of months after finishing their 2021 campaign. It hasn't gone to plan. They're not finals bound. If they're here till, say, December, and players already know that, what psychological effect could that have on them immediately in the next four or so weeks? I reckon we've seen it. I think they've lost five or six in a row now. Uh, they look disjointed. I think they've underachieved this year, the Warriors. I know they've got some players in, but when you recruit Adam Fanua Blake, uh, Ben Murdoch Masilla, yeah, there, there's some quality world forwards there in the world. So, um, yeah, it's going to be devastating to them, but I'm sure that, yeah, once the, the sun comes up and they realise the decision's been made, if they do have to stay until December, that, you know, their, their pay will be looked after. There's probably worse places to be than, you know, stuck in Australia. So I'm sure it's going to hurt them and their families, but it's not 
you know, limited to rugby league or the Warriors team, uh, a lot of people are going through a lot worse. So um, they'll be okay. I wouldn't blame them though if, was, if if Roger wasn't the last one to put his hand up in the next few days to say, "Oh yeah," home. but that's yeah. a personal decision. I'm, yeah. I'm saying as a group, like if, if we're right now, if you're saying, "Well, you're going to be still on pay, you're going to be getting ready for yeah, the yeah. season," and, and they're six points outside the eight. That's the other thing. It's the the motivation's going to start to waver soon and, you, and, you, and the realisation that they may not be home this year, they may have to go in a pre-season straight back into pre-season in Australia next year. Like, mm. That'll all start to dawn on some players and it's sad because I think the Warriors had the roster there to actually make a little bit of an impact the last couple of years but it's just, well, especially this year, just being away from home will take its toll. I feel like it all happened so quickly last year, they all bought in, they binded them together but now it's, you're starting to see a tired Warriors not knowing, they're, they're kind of over it. Yeah, and, and rightly so. Rightly so. Yeah, yeah not I having mean, a crack at them. Yeah, where all the teams have moved up into into camp now, and we're going to see the teams that excel in that bubble environment and, and are able to pull together. And the Warriors have been there before, and sort of here we go again mentality. And when you're not winning games, it, it heightens all the little stuff that's going on in your life. So if you're not feeling well, or you're feeling homesick, emotional, that kind of stuff, that's where the mental health starts to kick in, and you start to stress about things. So uh, there's their run home. Yeah, they may only win probably a couple more games with the that they played on the weekend. All right. We thank the Warriors for their commitment to the NRL in recent years. And Roger, what a career. Thank you for all the great memories. Meanwhile, Dale Finucane, he'll be a Shark in season 2022. He has signed a new four-year deal. He's the second big-name signing after Nico Hines for new coach Craig Fitzgibbon. Sowie, uh, is, is this signing enough to make the Sharks a genuine contender next year? Well, they're going to have to have some tough conversations with positions because Cam McInnes is here as well. That's your 13, you would think, going forward. Dale Finucane will probably have to shift into that front row position. Um, I think this was a two-part contract. Yes, he's a super talent, uh, but he's a professional super talent. This is a guy that's going to be able to come in, dictate your culture. I wouldn't be surprised if he's not captain next year Yeah, with, with Craig Fitzgibbon there. Your Monday to Friday guy, you need those guys when you're a new coach to come in and set it. You've seen Michael Maguire try and do it with James Tarmow. Get that experienced guy in who knows how to prepare for games and hopefully that filters down. Now, the Cronulla Sharks are going to have a lot of those guys because they've been an OK team the last couple of years, so I think it's a great signing. Is Finucane the big fish that Fitzgibbon needed to land, Michael? Oh, I don't know if it's about... A, I think Sowie summed it up well before we went on air. He said, you're signing Finucane for Monday to Friday as much as you are signing him for the weekend. I think what he, what he's going to set up and instil for Craig Fitzgibbon is going to be important. Now, his performance is his 30, as you said... That fourth year is on a little bit less than what he is the first three years, but it's it's a culture buy. You've got someone who's going to that you know I want to do this, and he's going to go out there and implement exactly what you want. He's going to make sure everyone else on the team is on the same page, and if they don't, they'll know about it. So it, it's a it's an astute signing. I just it's not a it's, I wouldn't consider him a marquee signing. Here's why it's a marquee, signing. marquee signing. When was the last time the Sharks won the comp? 2016. Think about the leadership group they had: Lewis, uh, Ennis, and Gallon. They set the culture. They set the Monday to Friday. Now, you need those guys in your side. Nico Hines is coming into a new team. He's going to have pressure on him. Coming from the Melbourne Storm, so he's got someone there that he can lean on if, if it's not going well. Uh, and you've got someone there to help these young forwards. Who they have, you know, a stock of young forwards. Toby Rudolph, Talakai, all these guys. You've got someone there that's going to be able to say, hey, when things aren't, are going bad, we're going to be okay. He comes, to keep Craig Fitzgibbons comes from, comes from the Rooster system. Dale Finucane will be their boy coordinator. He might not be the skillful, yep. most skillful player on the team, but he's going to be the one that's setting the tone for everyone else.
All right, there's been plenty of talk about the dominoes that might fall after Finucane has been landed by the Sharks. We've got Tavita Pangai Jr. heading to Penrith for a few weeks and then he's off to the Bulldogs next year. Michael, there's a whole list of off-contract players between now and next year. One, will we see any more dominoes fall between now and August 1, the deadline? immediately, or what about next year? Yeah, I think you'll see a couple fall, but I don't think there's going to be big names. We're not going to have a repeat of the Tevita Pangai Jr. situation where you see you know, a top top ten forward on his day leave to join the Premiership. Well, they don't know if they're favourites with the bookies anymore, but they're up there, the, the Panthers. So there might be a few changes before August 1. I just think the, the names that you know, you've provided, the list here of some of these names, like, look, I don't know if a lot of these players will be in the NRL next year, to be honest with you. Some of these names here, there's question marks over the guys like Josh Dugan and Ash Taylor and um, you know Blake Ferguson. So I, I think that the big dominoes have fallen now and it's just a matter of slotting in final pieces of the puzzle for the top 30 squads. And Sowie, uh, if you can take us inside a player's mind, a lot of these players are playing for clubs that are out of finals contention, uncertain times, uncertain futures. No doubt this has taken a toll on them, knowing that they don't know when their next paycheck's going to be coming after November 1. Yeah, it's stressful. You're on the phone to your manager you know, pretty much every day, seeing what's going on, and uh, you want that deal done. That's, I mean, I never finished a contract because I was always trying to get to the to the next one and, and get that future sorted. So it is a tough time. I, I think there's a lot of quality there. I, I disagree with, with Chamis a little bit uh, in terms of some of the buys. I think there's going to be some bargain buyers in this list. You know, a guy like Anthony Milford, someone will roll the dice on him, you know, especially if they've got a strong culture there and you're going to be able to get him in. Aaron Woods will find a club. Wouldn't be surprised if it's Melbourne on a budget buy uh, to just stock them up next year. But guys like, for me, Braden Burns, Josh Morris could be a pickup for someone in the centres experience. Dylan Walker, Curtis Heron. I think you'll see a lot a lot of those guys potentially stay with their club on reduced deals, uh, knowing that they're in the premiership window, especially a guy like Dylan Walker. Uh, but Curtis Heeran would be a good pick-up, I think. OK, all right, news just in. Uh, the Newcastle Knights have announced uh, Kurt Mann has re-signed with the club for a further two years. All right, we spoke about it last week, and two results yesterday could have a telling impact on the race to the top eight. The Dragons, they're in eighth, while the Sharks, they're up to seventh. Michael, did you see anything in round 19 that changed your mind from last week? Oh, the Dragons are in free fall. Sorry, Sowie. I, I just don't like what I'm seeing from the Dragons. I know they've got players out, but they are falling very quickly uh, to the point where you... Well, there's some decent signings next year, but they need to change things quickly. The Raiders, I'm liking what I'm seeing from the Raiders. I think the Raiders will replace the Dragons in the top eight, and that'll be all she wrote. Sowie, back-to-back losses for your Dragons. Are you still as confident that they can make the eight? Well, I'd be lying if I come out and said 100% that I'm confident after what I've seen the last two weeks, especially after half-time against Manly. I thought we sort of dipped our toe in the water a little bit, a little bit soft defensively on the weekend, thought it was going to happen. So you look at that run home there, it, it is a tough one. Um, they won't win a game, the Dragons. They might beat the Cowboys and that's it. Look, all it takes is, I think that the, the whole barbecue situation has definitely rocked the playing group um, and they're waiting for that to come out. Now, they were the, if you take the team that beat Parramatta at the start of the year, they win half those games and probably make the eight. Whether they can get back to that quickly enough in the bubble, we'll have to wait and see. Um, but a lot depends on you know picking and choosing, maybe pick your battles like that. Essentially, if they beat the Raiders in two weeks, they're they're it's a four point it's a big game. game. It's a big it's game. a huge game. So and they beat them earlier in the year. So maybe Styles pick fights. It's a tough run home. I'm hanging in there. You, you touched on that Eels game earlier in the year. I think a lot of Dragons fans probably got a false sense of hope from that performance because that's been their best performance and then daylight, to be honest, with the Dragons this year. It's, they, they haven't come close to that performance. So, yeah, it's just been a, a disappointing... I think, I think Dragons fans were guilty of believing that they'd turned the corner 
when I don't think they had. Well, hold on a second. You all tipped the Dragons to come last after Charity Shield. Oh, I did. And you backed it back quick, and then now you're back. I just, th I just think that for those three or four Mate, weeks, they if anyone had said, if anyone had said at this, after the Charity Shield, if one person had said, which I actually did, that they're going to make the eight after the Charity Shield, you, everyone laughed at me. Now they're in the eight, and you're not giving them a chance at all. Oh, I just, I said they're in free fall. I think their, their best footy is well behind them. Hmm. That's okay. why they're still in the eight. You know, his best footy's behind. Have the you seen? Have you seen? Have you seen the eight? Have you seen the eight? All right. There's a team that wears lime green. They're coached by a man called Ricky Stewart. You know where this is going, Sal. You've had your red oh. pen through them all year. Are you getting your rubber out? Uh, that red pen. Are the Raiders back in the hunt? They are. They are. They've got some big games coming up. One against the Dragons in a couple of weeks. Um, Storm Seagulls roots in their run home. Yeah, so they do have a tough run home. Like a, a lot of those teams that are, are contending. I think the Knights had the best run home in terms of not playing any of the top five or six sides, but um, they can't beat them. They beat themselves the Newcastle Knights. So, look, what we saw, what Ricky Stewart is good at is ambushing teams, short preparations. So this probably doesn't surprise me as much as everyone else. Gritty team, you know, the bubble life may suit the Raiders because they're in that, you know, Ricky Stewart ambush mode. Uh, we saw that play right there from Rapana. I've sort of half-crossed it out a little bit because I'm not convinced on the Cronulla Sharks. All right, uh, let's turn our focus to the NRL crackdown in wake of Penrith's win against the Broncos on Saturday night. Ivan Cleary was questioning why Tom Flegler wasn't sent off. So the question is, does the NRL crackdown still exist? Let's hear from the NRL's head of football, Graham Annesley. There was a lot of focus on Magic Round and we saw incidents, some serious incidents in Magic Round that had to be dealt with quite harshly. Um, and of course, you know, I'm not going to try and pretend that there haven't been some adjustments of the levers that we have to pull to determine, you know, what falls into the category of a send-off and a sin bin and a player placed on report and a penalty on the field. Um, but there has been absolutely no uh, lessening of the intent to eliminate high tackles, careless high tackles, reckless high tackles from the game. There has been an adjustment. and. And I think that's a good thing. Uh, I think that, you know, we'd be crazy if we weren't adjusting it to try and get it exactly right or as right as it can be. Um, so I'm, I'm not walking away from that and I'm not trying to hide that fact. Simple one for you, Sowie. Tom Flegler, Sinbin or send-off? I had Sinbin. I think that it's in the try-scoring motion. But, yeah, if we compare it to Magic Round, it's a send-off. So uh, he's come in there. He's, he's not looking at the player and it didn't look like... It was a swinging arm as such. It was more a tackle motion. So I can see what you know, people are blowing up about, especially when you lose Isaiah Yo, you rep forward for the rest of the game. So, But when calling the game, I thought it was a simbin. Michael, like Graham Annesley said just then, that they've adjusted things since Magic Round. So are players becoming better at tackling and they've cleaned up their act? Or are the match officials being more lenient? I think it's a bit of, well, there's three things. The match officials are probably applying a little more common sense because they're allowed to from the NRL. I think the players have adjusted as well. They know the consequences if they go high. So I think all in all, it's a mix between the NRL and the players. And I think with that one, Sowie, as we saw there, I've, as long as we're arguing and we're thinking, should that be a send-off, should that be a simbin, I'm OK with that. As long as we're not saying... Is how did he get sent off? Yeah, how did he get sent off? Well, why is he still on the field? Like, as long as the discrepancy between right and wrong isn't so obvious and we're, we're arguing over 50-50 you know, calls. I reckon we got to a point where we, we didn't like 11 on 11 or 11 on 12 or that kind of part, which we saw during Magic Round. Some common sense has prevailed. All right, the 2020 grand finalists, the Penrith Panthers and Melbourne Storm, face off for the second time this year. Let's remind you all what happened back in Round 3. 
You cannot believe this! <laughs> That's as good as it gets. You knew this would be a belter. Oi, Eisenhuth is crunched! Munster goes himself! Off the Capewell. Capewell through! Capewell scores! Smith will be hard to stop. He won't be stopped. To Oland! Batters his way over. Now Hines to Adam Carr. Good footwork. Staines steps inside and scores his first try of 2021. Yes, we're lucky enough to be joined by the hero that saved the day for the Panthers back in round three when they took on the Storm. Viliami Kikau, thanks so much for joining us on Inside the NRL. What did you remember remember about that uh, moment when you held up Justin Ollum to save the day for Penrith? Uh, yeah, um, I don't know. Last, last thing I could remember is just lying down on the other like On my side, I was playing a left-back rower. They did a play coming to the outside and um, I don't know who, not really sure who it was that took my outside shoulder and then, yeah, went down, then looked up the referee, didn't do anything, so I stood up straight away and I just sort of chased the ball. I think that play, um, everyone was working so hard from the middle as well. I seen all the, we went and reviewed that game and we just said, uh, we just seen everyone moving towards the ball and uh, yeah, I was just lucky enough to be to get there in time and uh, got my arm under the ball. Viliami, on the weekend, very un-Penrith-like. I think you missed 69 tackles against the Broncos. What would happen this week against the Storm if you dish up that again in defence? Yeah, I think um, it was really disappointing uh, to to see the stats come out and um, yeah, we really addressed that. And um, as you said, if we, if we do that against the quality side, um, like Melbourne, um, they just uh, pull our pants down and uh, they probably uh, yeah, score more tries than what uh, Brisbane did. So we definitely, definitely got um, stuff to work on this week. Um, it's been addressed in the team meeting um, yesterday and today. So yeah, we're really looking forward to um, working on uh, on our defence and on our combination in defence on the edges and throughout the through the middles as well. Billy, would it be fair to say that the team maybe had one eye on this clash Saturday night? And what have you spoken about to address that and, and working on those things to beat the Melbourne Storm on Saturday night? Uh, yeah, I think um, we, we did our review today, earlier this morning, and um, we were just watching the game. There was there was um, the int- like the intensity was there, like the, everyone was working for each other. And other, other thing, we just um, I, I just think that we. Just not really working together, uh, if that makes sense. I think um, boys are working so hard, and, and as I said, um, one one play there we sort of I don't know how many tackles we missed in one, only one play when uh, Asako came around and everyone was just trying to work so hard to make a tackle and just um, sort of kept missing missing the point. And um, yeah, that's that uh, that was definitely addressed. And um, defensive coach. Um, Sarah said that um, energy, uh, teamwork need to be better this week and now uh, I think we just need to be more connected. Vili, Nathan Cleary hasn't played since he injured his shoulder in Origin 2. When will we see him back in a Panthers jersey? Um, Claire's has been um, he's been uh, 
uh, doing a great job in rehab. I just um, I was getting my shoulders done today, and I just asked the physio. They they reckon maybe a couple of weeks uh, he'll be he'll be ready, and um, yeah, hopefully we we see see him back soon. Billy, I mean, when you talk about Nathan being ready, how, how much work is he going to do with the big players, yourself and a lot of the forwards there, to get that shoulder right, to make sure he's okay when he comes back? Have you started that yet with him? Sorry, was that? Was just cutting out. Sorry. That's right. The, the forwards, in terms of testing Nathan's shoulder out, a lot of people say he's still going to be a risk when he comes back. He's no guarantee to finish the season. Have you started doing contact work with him? No, nah, he hasn't. Oh, I'm not too sure. He's been uh, he's been training a lot with uh, with the other boys, um, the other boys that aren't playing in the in the that aren't in the 18. He's been training with them a lot, so I haven't really seen um, what he has been up to. I don't know if uh, he's. Um, I think he's started a little bit of contact, but I'm just not too sure how much how much contact is. Really, really, James Fisher Harris is out for the next couple of weeks. You get to Vita Pengai Jr. Uh, how much of a loss is James going to be, and then how important is Tavita going to be coming into this side? Yeah, um, Fish is a uh, massive for us. Um, I think, as everyone knows, he's he's the leader of the pack, and um, he doesn't doesn't really do a lot of, uh, a lot of talking uh, when he's around. But um, I think his uh, performance uh, does that for him week in week out. Uh, it's been a big part of of our team, and uh, he's definitely a leader. And uh, we'll definitely miss him uh, in this uh, next uh, few weeks uh, while he's while he's away. And as you said, um, Tevita coming into this team, uh, we've um, we've had a meeting and we've uh, talked about him. And uh, I reckon uh, I think he'll be he'll be massive uh, as well for us coming in. And uh, uh, yeah, the boys are looking forward uh, to meeting him. And uh, hopefully he gets in and. Um, uh, does his job for the team and we're really looking forward to that. One of the con concerns really, I mean, with, with Tavita is talk about team harmony and team balance and whether he disrupts that at all. What has Ivan said to you guys? You mentioned there was a meeting. What has he said about Tavita coming into the squad? Yeah, um, I think it's it's hard, it's hard to, to sort of be uh, playing in a, in a team that uh, has been in the bottom eight like the Brisbane and, and then you come into a team like this um, that that's in the, the top eight. Uh, that's that's what we talked about, and uh, he's um, he's really he didn't really have a chat with any of the boys yet. I think he had a really good chat with uh, Ivan, and yeah, Ivan told him uh, you know what what our team is about, uh, team culture, and uh, what what has uh, driven this team the last uh, two uh, two years. So um, I think they they Ivan sort of told us that they. Had a really good chat, and he is looking forward to to be a part of it. So, yeah, we're just looking forward for him to to get here, and um, we'll make we'll do our best to make him welcome, and um, hopefully, yeah, he gets in. And as I said, uh, does his job for the team. Vili, you're a proud Fijian. No doubt you want to rep your, represent your country whenever you get the chance. Your coach. Uh, Ivan Cleary said he doesn't want any players from the Panthers representing their countries given the COVID situation over in the UK at the end of this year. Have you had a chat to Ivan yet? Do you want to still go and play for Fiji? Oh, did you say that? Oh, uh, <laughs> no, yeah, as I said, um, you know, playing for Fiji is uh, messy for me. I'm always, uh, you know, I put my hand up anytime to to represent um, my country uh, really means a lot to me. 
to represent uh, not only my country, I feel like I represent my family, my relatives and everyone back home. And um, obviously with everything that's uh, been happening happening around the world, sorry, at, at the moment is not really ideal. Uh, I really haven't um, think about um, what's going to happen with that. Uh, now there's a lot uh, that goes with it. It's just not not, not the travelling or the quarantining or any, anything. I gotta um, you know think about. Uh, I think my missus as well. She's gonna go. Uh, don't want her to go through something like this again. At the end of the year. So we'll. Um, I'll have a. I'll have, definitely have a chat with Ive about that and um, probably have a chat with uh, with the the Fiji coach and um, see see what's to go. But. Yeah, I'm always I'm always uh, there if if I get the call up. Billy, our restrictions might be eased a little bit later this week. Your first appointment to the hairdressers just to get a little touch up for Saturday night. Yeah, bro, hundred percent. That's <laughs> the first thing that <laughs> that's the first thing that I'm looking forward to. Uh, I don't know. There's been a chat going around that we're still probably gonna. They still, I think, going to be a little bit more strict. It's not going to just go from uh, quarantining into, you know, free, free to everything. But uh, see, see how everything uh, turns out. But yeah, definitely, haircut <laughs> is is the top of the, is at the top of the list right now. All right, kicks. Uh, we can't wait to see you in action against uh, the uh, Melbourne Storm Grand Final rematch 2.0 for season 2021. Thanks so much for joining us on Inside the NRL, and best of luck. Cheers, thank you. Thanks for having me. And for those Panthers and Storm fans, Suncorp Stadium, Saturday night, 7.35. Make sure you get your tickets from nrl.com forward slash tickets. Now, the 2021 Ken Stevens uh, nominees have been announced for this year, and it's your time to vote. This year, the winning nominee of the fan vote not only becomes the automatic fourth finalist, but they also win $3,500 for their junior rugby league club. A reminder, the Ken Stevens medal recognises the efforts not only achieved on field, but has uh, players that have committed to time to community projects off field. Visit nrl.com slash community to vote. Voting is open until Sunday, August 8th. All right, it's now time for this week's Casualty Award brought to you by Chemist Warehouse. Sadly, gents, there are a lot of players on this list again. The Sharks are set to be without halfback Sean Johnson for at least a few weeks after he hurt his hamstring against the Bulldogs. Penrith may need a new skipper this week with Nathan Cleary still sidelined and Isaiah Yo needing a test to be cleared to play. The Panthers' depth could also be tested if Tyrone May succumbs to an injury. Wayne Bennett did his best to dismiss concerns over his playmakers, Adam Reynolds and Cody Walker. They're expected to face the Dragons. No more Roger to Avasa Shek for the Warriors, and they could have even more players on the sidelines. Adam Fanua Blake has a finger injury, while Ellie Kartura and Jack Murchie must pass HIO protocols this week. The same goes for Manly's Dylan Walker and Canberra's Josh Papali'i. His Raiders teammate, Ryan Sutton, is set to miss a couple of weeks with a sternum issue, while Roosters duo Matt Ikevalu and the luckless Billy Smith have are facing lengthy stints on the sidelines. The West Tigers have copped a double blow with Luke Garner and Alex Safar facing extended stints on the sidelines themselves. Unfortunately, another long list of injuries coming out of round 19. All right, it's now time for Hit or Miss. 
Jordan. Jordan Rappiner's match-winning try-saving tackle was a fair hit, Jamie Soward. Uh, hit, but I could be persuaded <laughs> to the other side as well. I, either way, I thought it was a fantastic game on Thursday night and Rapana coming up with the, the play to save the game right at the end. However, if it was 20 metres upfield, I think it would have been a shoulder charge, so I'll say hit. Eels fans will say hit, uh, miss, sorry, and fair enough, and Raiders fans will say hit. I, I can see both points of view, yeah. to be honest with you. I'm, if either way that went, I would have been okay. So? So I'm hitting and missing. <laughs> you can't. I, I can. <laughs> All right. <laughs> the grand final preview for this year will be round 21 and not this weekend, round 20. Miss for me. I'm concerned about the defence of some of the, the sides that are challenging in Rabbitohs and Manly. I don't think that you can average 24 points a, a leak defensively 24 points and think that you're going to be able to outscore Melbourne or Penrith you know, by 30 to 24. So, um, yeah, miss for me. I think it'll be this, this weekend. For those at home playing along, that's the Seagulls and Storm round 21. Uh, you know what I like to sit on the fence in this segment, right? But it all hinges on Nathan Cleary. If he comes back and he's okay with the shoulder, then it's, the, it's, it's Melbourne and Penrith every day of the week. But if he's not... Penrith's season hinges, the competition hinges on Nathan Cleary. I, I think Manly can make the grand final if Nathan Cleary's out. So? Or unfit or, or miss. Fit. It's round 21. It's hit and miss again. 20. You're pathetic. Luke Thompson is currently the best Englishman in the NRL. You Michael, need, I'm need, going to I need you. clauses in these things. Just, no, no, no. The clause is... If I'm going to live and die, fence. I'm not Luke Thompson fence. is the There's best asterisks. Englishman in the NRL right now. Hit or miss? Miss. Miss. Josh Hodgson. Hello. Yeah, Elliot probably, Whitehead. You know what? Josh Hodgson on his day, yeah. He's not far off. He played well yesterday. Killed it, mate. Absolutely killed is he, it. I don't even, well, will he be in the starting side next year? Yeah, I, I With think With Tavita so. there? Or will he be coming off the bench? I think they're, yeah, it's a good question. Hodgson We're talking about me. right now. Hodgson for me. Okay, and James Tedesco will finish his career in the Roosters' number six jersey, Michael Chamis. No, nah, it's a miss for me. It's, he's the best number one in the game. I'd, yeah, he's come a long way with his ball playing, but I don't think he's a six. Yeah, no. Nah. Miss for me. You clearly didn't watch his ball playing against the Knights. No, I said he's come, I said he's come a long way. Hello, Luke Keary, Sam Walker. I think they'll be okay in the number six. All right, don't forget to tune in to NRL teams tomorrow afternoon. Neve Owens, Brett Kamali and Robbie Farrell will bring you all the latest team news for round 20 as soon as the team list drop at 4pm, but they'll be on at 3.55 Australian Eastern Standard Time. They'll be much better behaved than Michael Chamis was today. Sports bets try July. Sowie up to $255,000. Congratulations. Hats off to all the, fan, uh, the players out there celebrating uh, their tries one week to go. Yeah, one week to go. Step it up a little bit. I think Melbourne Storm been leading the way with South Sydney, so we need the rest of the teams to get on board this week. All right, a reminder, all of those funds go to the Mossy Masoy Foundation. Here with the best from last weekend's round of footy. Pounced on by the new dad. He celebrates a message to the family. And Joseph Manu, another try celebration in the corner. Is that a bit of karate kid? Celebration on the back of a good try. Rudolph, he'll go close here, he'll score. <laughs> <laughs> the Roosters have got a try celebration that they like. It's a 10 pin bowling.